I was getting out of work at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning like I do now or 8.30 like I do now, going home, sleeping until two o'clock or 1.45, getting up, picking my daughter up from school, driving to a game and not getting home until 9.30, 9.45 at night, eating something and going right back to work. And that was pretty much five days a week. So there was no time to meal prep. There was no time to do any type of activity except for try to walk a lot at work. And there was no time for real good sleep because it was, it was five hours a day, that was it. And um, you, you do that and you, you wouldn't trade a second of it. But then you sit back and you go, wow, um, I'm not where I wanna be uh, shape-wise or health-wise or, you know, um, you put on a Fitbit and all, you know, no matter how accurate or inaccurate it is, your resting heart rate's at 75 and you're like, that's not where it's supposed to be. And you have to make a change. I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday athlete. If I said you don't want to wear a uh... Steelers shot? Stuff. We'll have to talk about that That's right. Alright. I saw someone uh, read it like four rolls. I heard they were talking about it today. Uh, I think it was like Chris Sims or something like that. Some Washington quarterback. Yeah. Like he said Blake Portals is the seventieth best best quarterback in the league. Seventieth? Seventieth. He said he put his back up in front of him. Yeah, I was gonna say that they're both. Is there any thirty two Yeah. It's like funny. five third stringers behind me. It's funny. Yeah. All right, ready to do this? There we go. All right. Let's do that again. Here we go. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bass with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day to day CrossFit athletes like yourself. And our wonderful guest today, I'm not even gonna. I still haven't mastered your last name yet. It's Stan, and then I'm gonna let you chime in. It's Stan Pinkwitz. There it is. Pinkwitz. There it is. I'm, I'm, working, I'm almost there with that. Almost there with that. Yeah. 90%. So uh, that's not a uh, that's not a Northern Kentucky Cincinnati name. So uh, where are you from, Stan? So I'm from New Jersey. Uh, it's a Polish last name. It uh, sounds exactly the way it's spelt. I just can't phonetically say things. That's why it's so But yeah, no, from from New Jersey. Uh, moved here. Two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Uh, you always lived and born and raised in, in New Jersey? Yeah. Which well, part of New Jersey? So, uh, central New Jersey, uh, right across the outer bridge from Staten Island. Very so. cool. Very cool. So those who have uh, been to New York give me a little bit of uh, an yeah, idea of where, where you're from. Do you spend, do you go to New York a lot? I mean, I know that's, I'm sure it's like a lot of like stuff here where it's like, oh, you, you go down to the Kentucky Derby, it's like, I've been twice in my life. <laughs> you know, yeah, New York City um, was about a 20 minute drive without traffic, which wasn't often. But if you caught it the right time of day, you can get in there 25 minutes to 30 minutes from where we lived. So, uh, yeah, we, we went, you know, 10 times a year. Um, then once Mary and I had kids, probably a little less than that. Right. But we would still try to get up there a couple weekends a, a year, go to Central Park. Or... Yeah, there's a I, I lived there for, <clears throat> excuse me, a short a short stint of life after college, uh, working for a food photographer there. But you know, I basically just walked the whole island of Manhattan 
pretty much was my uh, get to a little rough part, but uh, I went through living in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and then moved up to Washington Heights. I think we talked about that a little bit. That was a that was a a uh, transition to say the least. It's a uh, little different in here. Yeah, um, and then I do remember driving a U-Haul through Manhattan, which is one of the scariest experiences of my life. Uh, just to, and it's funny because we drive uh, the trucks for Derek now, and as you, the 16 foot U-Hauls really aren't anything, but like the time being like early 20s and like on my own driving a U-Haul through through New York City. One of the scariest things about that. And interestingly enough, when we moved out here, we, we well, I drove a U-Haul with Mary behind me. It was me and the uh, 90 pound German Shepherd in the passenger seat. And the oh. scariest I've ever been driving was down the hills because yeah. Oh, yeah, we no don't hills. have hills over yeah. there. Right, right. I was trying to think where, because you would come. Yeah, I mean, you definitely hit a couple hills yeah. along the way. In West Virginia, there was a hill oh. and there were some signs with trucks and take this exit now. And I'm like, am I a truck? Am I not a truck? Yeah. Yeah, when you start seeing like yeah. emergency get off lanes yeah. with all the sand, you're like, oh, what, the, uh, what yeah. is this? Yeah. Like, yeah. why would you ever use that? Oh, this is why. And then you see like the gravel and sand that has like been dispersed when mm. someone had to use it. Like, yeah. that's going to be one of the scariest things ever. Yeah, I looked at the dog, the dog looked at me and said, well, we're going to give it a try and see what happens. That is crazy. That's crazy. So it's been two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, do you, what did what, uh, you move here for? So uh, I moved here for my job. I work for DHL. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of people know when that their biggest U.S. hub is here uh, in northern Kentucky at the airport. CBG. Yep. yep. So Cincinnati Airport in, in Kentucky. Exactly. The Cincinnati Airport in Kentucky. I don't know how many airports are like that. Like. This is the Ohio airport that's actually in a different state. Mm -hmm. Probably not too many. Probably not too many. They've gone through quite a few changes out that way. Yeah. They've uh, turned, tore down Terminal C and... What do you think, B, also? Man, B, yeah. The, 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 the C was cool because if you ever went over there, it was just like a just like a big tunnel you walked through and you just literally walked directly onto your plane. But that was years ago. Anyway, so uh dhl and then uh you just recently kind of came to us probably within the last well i don't know what's it been a couple months probably three months About yeah. three months yeah. yeah yeah very cool uh what was the uh, decision to kind of uh come fire i guess how did you find us so uh we had a membership to crunch um up over there on by home depot yep we um never used it uh i was on and again, off again with some people from work. Uh, we'd go do pretty well for a month or so and just get bored. We uh, we were driving around one day and said to Mary, you know, really want to get back into doing something. Mm -hmm. um, kind of interestingly enough, just kind of yelped uh, gyms in the area. This said it was open on a Sunday. We came in. Uh, now we know who she is, but we met Kelsey, talked to her for about 15 minutes. Went home, looked up CrossFit and what it really was, and watched some videos. So you found for a while. us before you found CrossFit. Yeah, that's well, cool. I mean, I've I've heard of it, and yeah. I heard all the negative things about it. You know, right. you're you're gonna get hurt, and right. you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be doing backflips and off the side of the wall, that kind <laughs> of stuff. Every other day, Stan. Yeah, I mean, come on. And uh, yeah, looked it up, said to Mary, "Is this something you want to try?" And she said, "Yeah." I think Mark called me to the, or I sent Mark an email. He called me the next day, and we talked, and that was it. That's cool. And it turns out Mary works with Lavetta, right? Correct. Yeah, that comes yeah. here. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And what I think is is 
uh, pretty powerful about that is whenever you find two people, especially like a couple that are willing to do this together, it makes it so much stronger. Um, you know, and I think everybody who has seen you and Mary have known that you guys have pretty much been here almost consistently uh, throughout the week is, you know, as soon as you guys got done with those fundamentals classes. Um, not to mention, uh, I think you may be one of the few people getting in that 50 and up range for the, uh, the month of our January uh, attendance challenge. So uh, if you guys are listening uh, and you aren't here, basically we, we paired up with another person in the gym and the most attendants get some uh, free kettlebell kitchen meals. So uh, they have basically, has it been every day? We, we've been here every day. So yeah, we're here 11th. January 11th. Yeah, right now. we're at 21 days. 21 days. Um, and Mary will hopefully hit 22 when she gets home from work today. The the idea had nothing to do. This was before the kettlebell kitchen thing. Um, it, I don't want to get into a habit of knowing how easy it is not to come in. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I uh, I do believe I like in a 21 day habit forming yeah. thing. So I'm gonna try to double that to make sure it's a double habit. There you go. I, I love that. Yeah. And then. Uh, then give my body some rest after that. So mm -hmm. when we hit February. You know. So someone who's transitioning from a, a traditional gym over to something like CrossFit, what, because we've all been there and we can speak to it, but someone who's basically fresh off of it, what was the, the what's the difference between something like insert Globo gym name and something like this? What's the biggest difference that makes it easier to come to, easier to uh, be drawn in, easier to be a part of? So for me, um, <clears throat> I have this feeling that if I don't show up, and, and even though I don't you know, know the people that well in the 930 class, but I have this feeling if I don't show up, I'm letting those folks down for whatever reason that is, right? That the conversations that we have on a daily basis right now, um, I'm missing those conversations for that day. And it just makes it easier to say, okay, I gotta go there because I know you know, I know Judy's going to be there. I know this one's going to be there. I know that one's going to be there. And I got to make sure that I'm coming in to, to play my part of that, that 930 team um, and fill my role, whatever that role is. So Yeah, it's and, and again, when, when you don't have accountability, it's it's really easy to just say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I think that's, that's the, the story for so many people. And that's why we... You know, that's why I like these, you know, just speaking of this challenge, you know, you have, you have a buddy that's like, hey, we've only got X amount of points and all of them are for me, you know, because, um, yeah, there is, there has to be that accountability because there's going to be days where you wake up that you're just going to say, wow, my bed's really warm or, you know, I know you're basically coming off work yeah. and coming here. So uh, even easier, uh, I know we have a couple people like that, nurses and, and things like that, that are coming off a shift and it'd be a lot easier just to go home, tuck yourself in bed and say, you know, see in a little while. There's a lot of truth and a lot of science that supports that, that habit forming, yeah. you know, and, and you're definitely in the honeymoon phase mm -hmm. of, of, of being here right now. And there's this like Yosemite Sam kind of dilemma, but I don't really see that with you. Um, uh, you know, we've, we've been doing this for quite a many years now. And I love that you're, you engage with us uh, more than just like, Hey, how's your day going? Like, no, Hey Mark, like, how do I get better at a front rack? How, you know, how 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 how's my form look on this, that, and the other thing? And you really get your hopefully you get a lot of value out of that. And uh, you know, unfortunately, if you look at it on, on the opposite ends of the spectrum, when people finish up fundamentals and then they don't really make it a habit to like, you know, get in here. One of our big things is when people will finish the fundamentals is like, hey, look, let's 
get us on your calendar. Like physically, I don't know if you write it down. Yeah. What's the first day you're in, coming in? You gotta, you gotta make it a habit because then all of a sudden, like you said, um, if a week goes by and you don't come in, then it's a little bit easier to let another week come by and not come. You know, um, understanding that hey, I'm gonna be sore. You know, whenever I start coming to the gym, but ultimately, if I can make it a habit, just you know, like the sun coming up and the sun going down, I'm going to the gym on these days at this time then like you've already are experiencing like you just voiced i have the sense of accountability to others um you know to my coaches to my fellow gym members and then that's when it really gets you know there's there's some special sauce in there and and i won't bore you with the details but even like today i said before we started the podcast here that i got here a little earlier because i got out of work earlier i'm even to the point at home where it's the same habit when i get home so i don't sure. sit on the couch for five mm. minutes and go wow this feels really good i'm gonna skip today mm. and you know we'll do it tomorrow or you know mm. the month the day with the burpees right that was that mm. would have been an easy day for me to skip because that is by far my least favorite thing so far but it was come home do my little routine and make sure I get here. So if I'm 15 minutes early, I'm 15 minutes early. If mm -hmm. I'm two minutes early, I'm two minutes early, but same routine. I think uh, it's the perfect time of year. We're looking at the, the beginning of 2018 and um, I'm big on just like constantly auditing like my life and performance and stuff like that. So I am trying to get, my, my schedule's not always set, but um, right now we haven't um, had a ton of people that are onboarding um, in the morning. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna come at 6.30, you know, consistently three days in a row, maybe take one off. So today would have been my third or uh, either way, second or third day in a row. But um, I kind of tweaked my bicep a little bit. So I was like, oh, there's a lot of push-ups and thrusters. It'd be easy to just like not go in and then just do something on my own later. But anyway, like to the sense, to the, you know, to the habit forming sense, um, I'm like, well, I'm still gonna get up and go. And regardless, like if I gotta modify, which I did, I gotta modify and that's fine. And at least I'm making it a habit to keep coming in but kind of like you said, I'm the same way. Like I try to avoid the couch like the plague whenever I go home. Mm -hmm. Cause I know as soon as like it's, it, it like swallows me up. Like if I sit down, then all of a sudden I won't even like get up to, you know, get a book or something like that. I'm locked in on TV or something like that. So it's, it's one of those things as well. So I can understand that. Absolutely. Um, I want to take an early break, go in a different direction here. I want to come back and talk a little bit more about bringing uh, your daughter in and in the fold and things like that and, uh, and where we're going from here. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Kelsey Blaze. Mark McCain, Jarrett Baston, Derek Kidney, Chris Lemel. And I'm a coach. And I'm an owner and trainer here. I am a coach. I'm the head coach. I'm one of the owners and trainers here at Triumph Strength and Conditioning. Uh, I enjoy coaching because I like seeing uh, people improve upon their fitness and do things they never thought they were capable of. My favorite thing about coaching is helping people achieve their goals and ultimately build relationships. By far, I think my favorite thing to coach is definitely the snatch. Uh, it's just one of the things that uh, I've picked up along the way that uh, I really, really enjoy seeing the technical side of things, uh, combining the speed, the strength, and the agility all in one very, very fast and dynamic movement things I like coaching the most are, I, I guess there's uh, the higher technicality lifts, the, the snatch, clean and jerk, uh, muscle ups, handstand push ups, like, there's always just something that we can be tweaking or fixing on it. I try to affect people by their volunteering or just kind of giving my talents outside of the gym to 
um, bring community closer, whether it's interacting with members outside of the gym in a fitness capacity or just uh, as friends. Um, as coaches or as a coach, I like to help people uh, enjoy life outside of the gym, uh, enjoy the little things and always focus on the positives instead of focusing on the negative. Welcome back to Everyday Athlete. We're here with Stan. Pinkowitz. Pinkowitz. <laughs> he was he was queued up. Which <laughs> see? That's why he's good to have on. He already gets it. Pinkowitz. Pinkowitz. What's your middle name, Stan? I don't have one. Oh what? Man. No no, no middle right. name. We're starting over. Yeah. We're starting over. That's crazy. I guess you don't really have to have one. Mm -mm. No middle name, like but those... I am a junior. Which You're is interesting. Mm -hmm. So Pinkowitz is actually your middle name, Junior's your last name. That's yeah, it. <laughs> Stan Junior. That's cool. Dad's name, Stan. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Uh, so we left um, left talking a little bit about uh, Stan getting into uh, basically a habit forming uh, lifestyle. Coming here, uh, really trying to hit. Is it going to be every day in the month of January? Yes. That's the plan. Every yeah. day. So, the so in front of the year, those of you guys listening, uh, Stan's not in here doing Fran every day. I don't want you to think that like. Because there has to be a rest period. There has to be something that when you come in, um, you're not just going full tilt redlining every single day. We we all know, and, and Stan's short time here, I feel like you probably even know already that I can't just go hard every mm -hmm. single day. Um, Stan's come in on Sundays, and one of the, the first thing he's worked on was getting a front rack. Um, you know, holding the bar right now, it's it's relatively flat with the elbows. So he's come in and said, hey, how do I get this better? And this is, again, one of the cool things that we like to see with our members is when they come in and really try and work on those weaknesses that are preventing them to get to the next level of, of whether it's fitness or mobility. Um, I've seen you hitting some ROMWODs this week, too. Yeah, ROMWODs after classes. And, and again, that's, that's the those are the pieces of the puzzle that a lot of people miss. Uh, they just want to jump right into getting the the fastest time or whatever it is it regardless of the repercussions or if you increase your volume you know like um, like you're doing basically with coming in every month you, you don't um, fuel properly or you know whatever it is like stretch more and, and so on and so forth and just understand that well mark had a really good analogy of if if you're taking a road trip and you're driving more it's going to take more gas you got yeah. to put more gas in the car yep. you right. know um, now whether that's food whether that's mobility um, sleep sleep uh there's only so much time you have in the day and having a, a third shift job and children and mm -hmm. uh you know it's it makes it really really tough to fit all that in so what i really like what stan's been doing is coming in and working on those weaknesses and and taking the time that i'm going to be here but i might be here rolling out for an hour because we have the tools and the uh proper knowledge to basically point them in the right direction so i really commend you for that first off so um I do want to talk a little bit about your daughter. Mm -hmm. So she's been a huge part uh, already at the gym. So maybe speak a little bit upon that and about how that came about or if it was just a naturally occurring thing. So, yeah, so Charlotte's a uh, very active seven-year-old. Um, so she was coming in with us, and she would mimic the movements <laughs> over here on by the bench. And just somehow, some way, it kind of unfortunately or fortunately turned into her um, kind of getting involved a little bit and then um, she now uh, knows and understands that Saturday's the day for her and she is um, more than excited Saturday mornings um, up ready to go um, uh, some of the people around here know she's a big wrestling fan so the first Saturday that she 
she knew she can come in and do the workout. We woke her up uh, about seven o'clock in the morning, and she woke up with a Daniel Bryant "Yes, yes, yes" <laughs> chant. Um, and That's <laughs> right awesome. off the couch and getting dressed and ready to go i'm like no you got two hours and yeah, yeah she's she, ready to go she was ready well, that's that's really really exciting and and you know one of the cool things that we've seen honestly with you guys is is it's been a catalyst for um what we've wanted to do for a while now which is a kids program we just never really knew how to implement it and right now we're we're in the process of implementing hopefully something that turns into a, a kids program for for you know people like your, your daughter's mm -hmm. age so um, it's really, really exciting for me to see full families working out together and building a healthy lifestyle. You know, we're, I think we're inundated pretty regularly with negative uh, lifestyle choices, you know, uh, in the outside world. What, and they may be touted as, as healthy lifestyle choices, but, you know, when you go out to eat and you make the wrong food decisions, mm -hmm. it becomes a lot easier uh, to continue to make those wrong food decisions. But it's really cool to see people in here together working out with their kids and making some really really sweet decisions and and really just building their their family up i mean it's been pretty awesome to see we had our first ever uh fit family class and uh i know mark was here i was not here for it but uh from the photo i saw it was a giant madhouse of awesomeness yeah. um mm -hmm. what what did you think of uh just everybody working out together so i i thought it was fantastic um i, I thought it was very very interesting to see um everybody was a little nervous at first uh then we played a very fun game of um 30, musical chairs 30 person men musical <laughs> yeah which musical I, I have an older daughter also who's uh, 18 so i've went through the young child stage already so i standing from afar looking from afar i was a little nervous i'm like mm, hopefully we don't get some adults that really want to win musical yeah, yeah, chairs yeah. here right right <laughs> Um, but it all turned out well. And Stan kicked my kid. <laughs> <laughs> it all turned out well. And then at, at the end for the cool down, if you want to call it that, um, we played Duck, Duck, Goose. And the smiles on the kids' faces when they got to have their parents chase them around in a circle. Yeah. And then the, the smiles on the parents' faces mm -hmm. was uh, really, really good to see. So I think you had you know 30 people or whatever, whatever the number was of very happy parents and kids. Um, speaking of the choices before the that's one of the things with with having kids is you you do all these sports and you might coach them and that's somewhat active right i mean yeah a little bit you maybe coach third base and swing your arm around and send them home every once in a while <laughs> um but this is one of the few things where you're actually in there working with the kids um and working out with them and getting a real workout so uh -huh. you're you're putting that time in and you're getting something out of it because you know i can coach three four games of softball on a saturday and probably not somewhere near anywhere the calorie burn that i do mm -hmm. in 45 minutes here right yeah mm -hmm. absolutely and, and, and there's something powerful in that too mm -hmm. right i mean for the for the relational you know kid and obviously the kid probably doesn't, can't see that big picture kind of thing but if that just becomes normalcy to them yeah. they're like oh every saturday me and you dad we're going to the gym yep. you know and oh, mom's coming too awesome you know and then all of a sudden it's just like your thing like well you said, and, that's and awesome. two uh there's we're again just we're in a society where there's a lot of just all right well it's dinner time and everyone's just on their phone you know it's like we're gonna interact you know we're gonna yeah. have a good time doing it and they're just there's not a lot of places that you can do that anymore mm. um mm. 
and hopefully that's something we can provide and and again this is just a first step for us and and hopefully uh, a much larger uh, kids program and mm -hmm. hopefully something that we can build upon as uh, is, is, again this we're very new to this so uh, the whole kids thing is, is a little does make us a little weary because yeah. uh, we're not used to it but I'm really excited for it and hopefully in turn it gets parents uh, like like myself and Mary and then some of the other parents that were there and had a good time start telling you know Charlotte plays soccer she plays basketball karate so mm -hmm. well we talk to those other parents obviously so sure. if we can uh, spread the word and get you know families to come in see it and then hopefully it turns into a good business decision on that end where you get another you yeah. know couple couple folks that's in all there. that's always good you know we're it's never kind gonna, of a bonus yeah, yeah it's almost a bonus and i think that exactly what mark said i mean what when we wrote down our our, our core values you know our, our number one is always going to be the community here you know everything we do is trying to base around the for the 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 moving forward of the the community you know and sometimes they're not always uh you know the decisions aren't easily you know visible to everyone but again we're always trying to basically improve the dynamic here improve the quality of people that come in and improve the uh basically the atmosphere here so well it needs to to be a diverse community you know it can't just be everyone uh, around the same age and so on and so forth so when you you know the first uh, you know if you to you know if you're like hey give one word to describe that class I would just say fun, mm -hmm. you know, and I think everyone needs a little more fun in their life. Sometimes it's, it's so stressful and so on and so forth, but kids are just laughing. Yeah. Like, you can't help but laugh whenever you're seeing, uh, you Parents know, do kids, kids try to, <laughs> there was a little kid out there trying to do air squats and he's just smiling. Like, I mean, they're, you know, if you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't use them for a technique video, but it was just, he was just having a good time. He was trying, trying his hardest, hardest and, you know, away you go. But yeah, when you look at, you know, communities and stuff like that, we don't want to be this exclusive, you know, place where, oh, I don't look like them or I'm not around their age, you know, or they don't offer this or that. So it's just one of those things when we look at the, the big vision. And another thing that I would really like to try to get going here, um, hopefully in the not so distant, you know, future would be like a 60 plus program. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like for us to tap into maybe some of our members' parents? as far as like you know i volunteer on on thursdays with these guys that are in their 70s and all we do is you know uh, clean an auditorium and by the time we're done like i'm like oh, okay I'll see you guys later and they're both covered in sweat right and all we've been doing is pushing up you know sweeper and bending down and picking up some trash a little bit here and there and uh, they've kind of inspired me to try to do something like that and then the one guy's you know had some some issues with with a stroke and a pacemaker and you know he's only only in his early 70s and it's one of those things if you can add five years onto someone's life and you have the opportunity to do that why wouldn't you want to pursue that so it's just really right now logistically trying to plan out a time for when that could happen i was actually talking to him about it today and you know what what their what a senior citizen schedule looks like and how that differs to you know our everyday member and, and so on and so forth um but yeah i think that's that's community you know and getting people in here of even you know different backgrounds um you know uh ethnicities and so on and so forth but um one thing i noticed with you stan pretty much off the bat was you're you're a pretty motivated and driven individual do you have what do you attribute that to 
anything in particular? I mean, because I know there's some people it's like, well, it was my my dad or, you know, there was someone in your life or is it just something that you just evolved into? I, I guess something I involved, evolved into, um, I think right now I've hit a period of my life that um, I, I have an older daughter in college. Um, again, I've committed a lot of time and energy into the kids and coaching kids um, in different sports with unfortunately and and again fortunately for many reasons because there was many great rewards in coaching uh the youth um kind of let myself not really never coach myself if that makes Mm -hmm. sense sure so i uh you know again it it was easy to go out there coach three four games of softball on a saturday and say hey let's pick up two pizzas on the way home and Mm -hmm. that would be dinner because it's easy and and you're exhausted Mm -hmm. and um I actually saw some the other day. Someone had had recently just, you know, made a off the cuff post, and um, and I saw it, and it was off putting to me the first time I read it. But like after you say that, and after I thought about it a little bit, it actually made a lot of sense. And it was basically just how a lot of people neglect themselves, you know, in in an effort to basically make their kids' life better, you know. And and I see there's obviously how and why that happens, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's a really I can't. I don't have children, but I imagine that's a very, very tough balance to try and find to where you're trying to give as much as you possibly can to your family, to your children, but also not completely neglect, you know, yourself. Because the ultimate reality is if you're not here, you can't provide for them anyways. You know, and I think maybe that's a little bit where you were going to where it's like, you you know, it's you have to find some time to be able to take care of yourself. That's exactly it, and, and I don't think I realized it until last year I coached uh, varsity softball um, over at Cooper High School um, with, with my older daughter. Um, lucky enough that the head coach asked me to, to join the, the uh, team and, and help coach there. I was getting out of work at you know 9 o'clock in the morning like I do now or 8.30 like I do now, going home, sleeping until 2 o'clock or 1.45, getting up, picking my daughter up from school, driving to a game, and not getting home until 9.30, 9.45 at night, eating something and going right back to work. And that was pretty much five days a week. So there was no time to meal prep. There was no time to do any type of activity except for try to walk a lot at work. And there was no time for real good sleep because it was, it was five hours a day. That was it. And um, you, you do that and you, you wouldn't trade a second of it. But then you sit back and you go, wow, um, I'm not where I want to be uh, shape-wise or health-wise or, you know, um, you put on a Fitbit and all, you know, no matter how accurate or inaccurate it is, your resting heart rate's at 75 and you're like, that's not where it's supposed to be. And you have to make a change. In, in that moment of your life, is there, do you think anything that could have came in from a, like if, if, oh, I found CrossFit or, you know, oh, I've got a, a trainer with with the time being, you know, the most valuable thing, is there anything that you think could have subsided some of the the uh, the stress or the sleep de- deprivation or any anything like that? I, I think at that time in my life, um, it was my my daughter's senior year. She um, played competitive softball and, and some other sports, but competitive softball uh, since she's you know ten years old, and that was that was dedicating my time my free time to her senior year no matter Mm. what it took right i I wasn't going to miss an inning i wasn't going to miss a pitch i wasn't going to miss a game and um so no at that particular time Mm -hmm. i don't think so but in the back of my head that whole time i said you know i i got to do something here um i would 
I would play a decent amount of basketball mm-hmm. throughout the years and uh, was able to go out there and still be productive when I would play in mm-hmm. men's leagues or, mm-hmm. um, you know, YMCA type pickup games. So I always thought I was somewhat still fit, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I came to the fundamentals and I don't remember the exact workout. Inter- introduced you to burpees? Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> what the exact first day workout was, yeah, but yeah. I looked at the whiteboard and I'm like, ah, that's, that's not a big deal. And I was looking around here for a good place for a headstone. I'm like, yeah. oh, that'd, that'd be a good fun. I yeah. mean, There's I was, a big hole in the back of the gym <laughs> that we covered up. It was... it was Because I, I feel like there's so many people that that is their reality. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about auditing our lives and stuff like that, and I get it if you're like, hey, one year, there's going to be some diminishing return to this investment in my daughter's life. But like I said, if, if your normalcy becomes every Saturday, we go work out together. Yep. Whatever it is, like, that's like a big question for me personally that I wrestle with sometimes like with our members because I see some of them that'll come in five days a week and then I won't see them for five weeks unfortunately and I know they're not lazy you know per se but it's just that habitual like how do I that mindset of you know hey I I I really like whether you know like you're doing right now with the rhombus you might not see it every day but these small little crumbs of flexibility are building in and then all of a sudden, boom, I got a front rack. Right. Oh, and it, it just, you don't, it's really hard to see that, you know, like Mark said, it, here, here to here, you don't see, but a year later to mm-hmm. here is a huge difference. It's just being patient. You know, uh, patience is not a, a, uh, a trait that a lot of people have anymore. I think you have to celebrate the small successes, whatever they mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And I, I think you have to acknowledge those small successes. I was, you know, through the roof yesterday um, and it, it's nothing special. I was the last on the whiteboard, which I, I personally don't care about the whiteboard in a good way, right? I don't mm-hmm. look at it and go, oh, man, why wasn't I up there with, right. you know, Aaron, Chris, Jared, whatever. I, I don't work out anymore. Yeah. Um, yesterday I was able to do body weight dips and on mm-hmm. the matador, and I was awesome. able to do whatever, you know, five, five sets of three, and the last set might not have been too pretty, but it mm-hmm. was – Again, from where we, where I was at fundamentals it to is. three months later, um, you know, I was happy as happy awesome. as I could be over well, doing that's, that. That is that is absolutely huge. And, and again, realizing that this is a, a long road, and we are playing the long game. We are in a long game business, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that's that has to be the mentality that that comes in when you walk through the door. Because it's just not, and and know that you know the longer that you put off things like mm-hmm. sleep. And nutrition the longer it's going to take it's all about perspective you know and like you said the perspective of this is where i started this is where i am and the whiteboard sometimes you know it's good and and it's good to have that you know um, information available and so on and so forth you can see all that but it's not the the law mm-hmm. you know like oh you know every every day and so on and so forth so like i said sometimes you have to scale workouts sometimes you're gonna have to um, maybe take a day off, not this month, Stan, but, you know, but when, when you're coming in mm-hmm. consistently, it's just, you know, the one thing we did a workout last week and there was a newer, newer gentleman working out and I was, it was a five rounder and, uh, I know my body. So it's just like, if you go on smooth throughout the five rounds, like I knew that's kind of how it had to go. And then he's, he's probably even more fit than I am, which isn't saying much, but, um, he came out like a bat out of hell and then all of a sudden like economy is like how, how'd you do that and it's like 
well, you know, you just, you'll, you'll learn this over the years. Yeah. It's like one of those things I can't like tell you like, all right, man, Hey, you're going to start at about 70%. It's like, well, what's 70%, you know? And it's, it's just like with nutrition. Sometimes people are like, all right, I'm eating strict paleo. It's like, Ooh, I don't, you, that's going to get old fast. Yeah. Like you need to start maybe like 70% paleo. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, I don't know, but you got to kind of figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Like we're going to give you the keys, yeah, but you still got to know how to drive. Yeah. Unfortunately, people look at that and they're like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, there's just have, there's stuff that you're going to have to figure out on your own, you know, because yeah. there's, um, <clears throat> you know, there's <laughs> uh, someone who came about where, you know, the, the high temp bumper plates, you know, it's like, drop it and try and catch it on the bounce. Oh, jeez. Don't do that. Don't do that. That was in the... Uh, Don't do that. Uh, every second counts. Yep. Bounced up and broke his thumb. Ooh. It was like, I, I don't know how many times I can tell you to not do that, but you can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. So, uh, same, same to the, you know, it's a very extreme example, but, you know, kind of like the, the iron's hot type of thing. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Oh, you touched it. Now you know not to touch it. You know, one of the, one of the best quotes I heard uh, recently, I don't want to mess it up, I was trying to think is basically you you know you don't you don't lose you learn kind of scenario so and, it, and then it's having that perspective of you know because we're all gonna you know for the lack of a better phrase we're gonna get our ass handed to us by a workout mm -hmm. and it's not that demoralizing like oh what what oh you know like that that panic sets in where you're you know when the open inevitably comes and you have that one workout where you're like Ugh. it's it's just like, all right, well, what, what's the lesson? Last year for me, it's like, dude, you're just not good at handstand push-ups. Like, you did your best. Move on. Get over it. I did it's my like, best. You know, I did my best. Uh, everything you got. But complaining is going to get you nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and self-deprecation, you know, feeling sorry for yourself. No one, you know, we care, Stan. No one cares. Yeah. You know, as far as like, oh, you know, I didn't know how to work it. Like, okay, well. You're you know, gonna get new it's cars. Usually, that you it's usually own. binary. Gonna, it's like yeah. either move on or you don't. And yeah. if you don't, then it's just you're you're just going backwards. And then also, it's just like you said, perspective. It's like you're gonna go get into a car that you own. You're gonna go to a job, mm. house, into a family that loves mm -hmm. you. First like, world problems. You know, it's it's one of the biggest first world problems. Like, oh man, I I really suck at pistols. Oh, I, I sucked in that pistol workout. I'm gonna let it bug me for the whole week. But whenever you started a year ago, you couldn't do an air squat. I was yeah. gonna say, I wish yeah. I wish I knew yeah. if I sucked the pistols right. or not because <laughs> I have no idea. Well, it's, it's just 100% about perspective. Uh, we we've been jabbering. I, I do want to ask, like, what's the big goal for? I, I think maybe for the whole family. Like there has, I know there's a reason. Like you, you know, there's a there's an underlying goal that I think we can kind of state right now. But is there like a an, a number? Is there a fit? The, maybe a weight number? Maybe a uh, uh, weight on the bar is there like a goal that's that's in the back of your mind that's kind of been rumbling around so um comes off as a little bit conceited but it's, it's not meant that way um growing up and and into my mid-20s i was extremely um in, in extremely good shape in the fact that um clearly i'm a little taller than most people and uh, just naturally a little bit bigger and stronger and that's again sounds conceited but more, ha more handsome yeah <laughs> we'll stop there okay handsome. all right um but i, I want to get back to being an athlete in mm -hmm. some form right um i think i said to mark and fundamentals i want to i want to be able to dunk something on that goal that's behind us right mm -hmm. I, I don't care if it's a golf ball i don't care if it's yes a basketball i, I want to dunk something again because mm -hmm. 
I haven't dunked the basketball since I'm 24, 25, right? And, and I want to be able to do that at 40. Um, That's so one I, of the coolest goals we've ever had on here. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just being an athlete again. And I, I get it. I'll never be 18 again. I understand that part of it. But I want to be able to go out there and, and you know, do whatever the kids are doing and, mm. and be that dad uh, now that, you know, can go and do something that the other dads can't do. And um, not because I want to be better, just because I, I, I want to be better, if that makes any sense. And hopefully no, it's, it does. And it's not, and it's not conceited. That's part of you. You have humility. So anything that you say, it's going to, in your mind, sound conceited. Because I think we we see that a lot. And that's a really good trait to have. But Absolutely. there's 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 nothing wrong with having a goal. I mean, if any goal that's going to be about yourself will, to you will come off as conceited. I mean, the same thing from myself for Mark, it's going to be like, well, I don't like to talk about myself, but right. you have to have a goal that's driving you. You know, I have a current weightlifting goal, you know, and that's, it's, I've got 11 weeks, you know, so it's like for the next 11 weeks, kind of like what you're talking about with your daughter's softball, it's like, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be put on hold for me personally, so that I can maybe see this goal through to my best ability, right. you know, um, it, but I think that the important thing is, is it's timely and that it has an end date. You know, that's one of the things that that becomes troublesome is when I have a goal, but you don't set a time to it. You know, well, I think too, it's just constructively building your system schedule, whatever you want to call it, to reach that goal, and understanding that there's going to be pitfalls. You know, we're reading a book right now that speaks to whirlwinds. You know, basically take up eighty percent of your day. Perfect example is like email, phone calls, conversations, sometimes. If I'm working towards the goal of, let's just use the dunking example, but I don't come to the gym. Right. Um, what are, what are we really doing here? You know, um, so on and so forth. So it's just, it's one thing to make statements, and you know, you know, it's like the classic like politician, right? Like, well, I'm gonna run and I'm gonna bring change to this, this, and this, and then once you get elected, you don't do anything about it. Um, and obviously there's some circumstances there. We won't get into politics, right? But um, if you're chasing something in your life, does your actions reflect it? Or are you just running your mouth? Yeah. You know, and that's not any... any Put up or shut up. But, but it's true. But, you know, so many people, though, like, you know, I saw this thing where the number one New Year's resolution this year for the majority of people is to be a better person. And it's laughable. It's that's the proper response. And wherever we come to society, it's like oh, I want to be a better person. But man, Stan Duncan a basketball. I mean, come on. And it's like that. That's but that's so, that's, that's unfortunately so, how people so are. Odd too. But yeah. I'll tell you right now, when I saw, well, I was fortunate to do a lot of Stan's fundamentals and get to know him. And dude's an athlete. Like I, I 100% like, oh, you just want to dunk with one hand? Like we can get you two. You know, whenever he picked up basketball, started shooting and stuff, um, I was like, wow, this guy's, you know, uh, he, he's got some game. So that's 100%. But I didn't need to see him shoot a basketball to under, understand, like, he can achieve a goal. Just listen to, you know, like, if you're listening to the podcast, it's, the guy's got some stick to it. In so, but anyway, yeah. Um, go for it, Jared. <laughs> you got Speak, another question? Speaking of, um, if you guys, for a while, for a while, Mark. Mark was shooting, going 30 for 30, right? Yeah. That was the goal. And he got pretty far. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I saw Derek. 20, I was 29 for 29 and missed the 30th. Missed the 30th. And then 
I saw Derek Case out there, and he's just yeah, he's got game. And I was like, I was like, how many did you just do? And he's like, I don't know, like forty three. I was like, what's the most <laughs> you've ever done in a row? He's like, eighty eight. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's insane. Again, his perspective I, though. I think those like, numbers, those yeah. numbers are probably off, but it was very high. <laughs> It was. Yeah. In, I'm pretty sure it was in the 80s. Well, I'm pretty sure. You know, again, you you talk about greatness, uh, and again, I'll I'll be wrong, but I I, I want to say Larry Bird, every time before he would leave the gym, had to make so many foul shots in a row. Right. And I want to say, it wasn't like 10. It yeah. was 20 or up. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta make, before I can leave, like the gym, I yeah. have to make this many in a row. That comes back to sacrifice. Yeah, you know what are you willing to give up? Um, it's it's a, you know, when the fork in the road comes, it's you have your, you know, you can go the easy route, you can go the harder route, but it also comes with a, a price tag. You know, when you throw children in the mix, when you throw, mm-hmm. um, you know, family in the mix, that fork in the road becomes uh, a little more complicated. You know, it's just not one or the other. Um, so, Stan, you, you talked quite a bit about coaching. So, what all have you coached in in because you've seen a lot of what it sounds like, a lot of softball. Is it mostly softball? So, yeah, so um, my brothers are, I got two brothers that are 10 and 11 years younger than me. So I, I kind of started coaching right after my playing career, whatever that was, uh, ended and started coaching them. Uh, had the opportunity to coach them in, in baseball and football. Um, had the opportunity to coach a couple players, um, well, the the biggest one is Eric Legrand, the uh, Rutgers player that got paralyzed. Mm, um, wow. So I got to coach him in baseball and uh, and football. Um, one of the one of my favorite stories with him. So he he was a much better football player. He would have went pro if he didn't get hurt. Mm. He's but, uh, super inspirational, by the way. Like now, yeah, he's very positive for his situation. So and Mark, I know you played baseball, so you'll probably get a kick out of this. So first first time they're playing on the big field when they're thirteen, I said to all the kids, I said, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna all hit one pitch and we're gonna run to third base because nobody's gonna hit the ball over the fence and nobody's gonna come anywhere close and we're gonna see what the difference is in distance. So throw it to, you know, first kid, he hits, you know, a little dribbler and runs to third, so on and yeah. so forth. We get to Eric Fields, uh, 325, and he put it about 370. <laughs> said, wow. Well, everybody but Eric is going to learn yeah. how to run the third base. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, so so started coaching with them and then continued coaching um, some high school uh, wood bat leagues uh, throughout New Jersey. And then uh, as I became a dad and, and um, my older daughter started playing, coached basketball, um, coached. Uh, softball with her and then uh, ran a Pop Warner football and cheer league uh, for a little while uh, that she cheered in. Uh, I didn't get into the cheerleading coaching. Mary did. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I tried to stay active in the sure. in the, in the sport with her uh, as best as I could. Um, and then now with Charlotte, um, a little bit of soccer, which uh, I will stay at the low levels of uh, just because you I don't, don't know you it. Don't, you don't want a piece of those of those parents. Yeah. They're probably the the, the – the top notch of like worst parents to, to have your kids coaching. Yeah, I could I could see that from the sidelines already. Um, so I'll stay on the lower levels with the with the soccer just because I, I don't know much about the sport, so I don't want to be out there and, and steer the kids the wrong way. Let the parents that do sure. know. Uh, I'd be more than happy to, to help out, but sure. more on a assistant level. And um, so yeah, that's that's where we're at. Like I said, coached high school so, with uh, my older daughter, and uh, so mostly baseball, softball. What do you? Um, you know, I think there, 
seeing that many young children and, and how influenced they can be, you know, I, I, how is that kind of, I, I feel like it'd probably make it, make it easier to parent. I don't know, maybe just in general, just you have, you have so many different uh, personalities, so many different. Uh, yeah, to, to that point, one of my, my questions I would definitely ask, um, do you see with, with, with those teams, I'm sure you coach some pretty uh, good teams from some high level athletes. It sounds like, is there just, do you, do you pick captains or is there like a natural leader? You know what I mean? Like, and is that, what's the through line to like a good team, you know, like good team and maybe you had some average teams or whatever. Um, but is there a through line that makes a, just a good group of people, guys, girls come together? So I, I think two things. I think captains pick themselves, and that might mm, sound cliche, yeah, yeah, but I think sure. captains pick themselves. That's kind of how we did in school. So Yeah, yeah. I, I think kids just naturally are leaders, mm. some kids. Mm. Um, and then I think the other the other part of making a good team is um, softball was probably what I coached the highest level of. Um, I, I think if you're going to put a good team out there, you have to be willing to sacrifice for your teammates. Mm. So whether that means moving a runner along by hitting the ball to the right side when you know there's a runner on second and, and, and no outs um, in, a, in a what you know is going to be a pitcher's duel, mm. uh, that that's what you need to do. And if you don't have kids that are willing to do that, or if, at the youth level, if you don't have parents that are willing to let their kids do that, so when you know yeah. little Billy or Bobby or whoever are driving home, mom and dad aren't yelling at them, hey why didn't you try to go deep on that right mm -hmm. when you know it was an outside pitch and he did the right thing or she did the right thing i think that's the biggest uh key to having a good team is, basically is, becoming a team yeah it's becoming key, a team key to a good team is, is becoming a good team and getting the parents on board with with becoming a team yeah, that's probably one of the hardest things when you have um you know because again the higher level you go i remember i remember going into a a triple or even maybe premier league style of soccer and mm -hmm. it was like well we're paying this much money and you know you're only getting this much time to play and i mean i understand that from the financial aspect of it but you know when you're on a team and the purpose of that that team is to win yeah. you know you have to be able to play your role you know a lot yeah. of people don't understand like what that role might be and in soccer everybody can't score a goal every game right, right? that yeah. somebody has to play defense somebody has to you know somebody has to pass the ball or whatever it is same thing in in, in softball right everybody can't be the number four hitter so mm -hmm. somebody's got a bad eighth somebody's yeah. got a bad ninth and they have a job to do too yeah so yeah i think it's vital you know to to be that cohesive unit as, mm -hmm. as a good team i think you like you said you said it perfectly there's just natural leaders um that emerge but i think that has to happen though yeah. you know you have to have and that positivity through and through because you know in my in my experience i remember um, I was playing summer baseball one year, long story short. Um, I was I was decent, and uh, I was definitely good enough to start the second game of a doubleheader. And uh, we were we drove probably about three hours to this game, and I wasn't on the lineup card for the second game, and my dad said, get your stuff, we're going. <laughs> and then that was my last game for that team. And in hindsight, like, those guys were my friends, and, like, looking back on it as an adult, I'm like, and I, I kind of can't help but feel like I let him down and like, mm -hmm. but you know, my dad was very uh, convinced that that was the right thing to do. And who knows, maybe it, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but um, looking back on it, I would have, I would like to stay, but you know, maybe a conversation between the coach and my, my dad is what needed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's, 
that's that's maybe an extreme example, but sometimes well, it's, that it's, happens. It isn't, it isn't. I mean, it's it's you know they're you can go to a lot of different directions, but I think again, communication is going to be key. You know, mm-hmm. if if you can convey to the parents that like this is the goal of the team. You know, I'm sorry if Tom, you know, mm-hmm. Digger Sally don't play because you know, or they have a specific role mm-hmm. that game. Yeah. You know. I think, you know, the younger you are, it becomes like, you know, everyone's going to play. But as you progress, especially into the, you know, the teenage years, like mm-hmm. that goal of the team is to win, mm-hmm. you know, and and we talk, we talk about it here a lot. Like there's just genetic talent, there's genetic ability, and there's also kids that are going to work hard. You know, I think Mark, you can speak to that with some kids that you coach, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like just what putting serious hard work can do but at the same time, knowing that you have some genetic limitations. You know, like I, I know as a crossfitter and a weightlifter, like I have genetic limitations and I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. you know, but it takes a little while to start to finally understand that, you know, I think, mm-hmm. and I get it. Everyone's going to have their child is going to be the, the, the star of their, their show. Mm-hmm. But when you bring hundreds upon thousands upon millions of other children that are out there, you know, it's, it's really tough to just kind of throw them in the mix like that. So, and, and I think to bring it back to CrossFit to a point, I think even as somebody new to it or, or newer to it, I think that's something that I had to realize. I, you know, I, in the first couple of weeks when I would come here after fundamentals, Derek or, or Mark or, or, you know, whoever's teaching the class would knees back, butt back, butt down, back up, chest up. And there was times at the very beginning where I'm like, I'm great. I don't know what they're talking about, right? And, and Those are but, idiots. Yeah, but then you have to you have to take that step back and say, clearly it's it's me, it's not them. And, right. and you yeah. know, I think that's hard for people. And it was hard for me a couple times. We were trying times. to kick you out, Sam. Yeah. We we're trying to just, maybe we'll get. I'm going to break. Yeah. But it, it was it was hard sometimes to to understand that you know, hey, you're doing something wrong and you need to fix it, otherwise you're gonna hurt yourself. And also, you're learning a new body language. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest thing as adults when we get people in here who've never done it before. Like, you're you're literally, it's like trying to learn Spanish right now. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. you are learning a new language. If you've played basketball your whole life and then you just introduce weightlifting, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have some body awareness, but like, how to engage your hamstrings. You don't engage a whole lot of hamstrings playing basketball, right. yeah. you know? Well, I, I know, just, you know, to that point, like that's one of the biggest things I personally need to work on is like uh, receiving critical feedback. You know, and that's just like a job with me and me and Jared here. And when we have some of our conversations, it's like it's it's tough for me to do that or in a relationship or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you're not doing this right. It's like, like, like you, 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 you just know what you're talking it. about. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm perfect. No. Like, and that's just having that humility and having that self-awareness to where like, you know what? You do have some spinach in your teeth. Like, oh, yeah, there it is. You know, it's, it's tough to look in the mirror, you know, mm-hmm. when we don't have any mirrors here yep. to be able to see, like, you just got to kind of trust us and be like, yeah, you know what? My knees are hurting a little bit or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. understanding that. Uh, I, I do want to close things out here, but ask our, uh, Stan, you've listened to a couple of these, so mm-hmm. maybe you've uh, thought about this, but your, your definition of the word fitness, what does that mean to you? So I have listened to a couple and, and I, I think it's a tough question. Um, I think my definition of fitness is is just being able to participate in life, hmm. uh, being able to go out and do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I mean, I got to a point, unfortunately, where I uh, I hit a weight uh, that cutting the grass was not fun, right? Um, getting off the couch after 
cutting the grass on a Sunday and knowing, damn, I got to take the garbage out now and mm. this is going to hurt, um, is not where I ever want to be again. So I think fitness is, is as simple as saying, ah, I got to take the garbage out and cut the grass, not a big deal, to going way past that and then, and then going back to dunking something on that rim back there. So I think mm. it's a, it's a broad spectrum. I can't wait for the day we come gonna, in. Like, that Shaquille on the that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna walk in, stands would be like, guys, I'm sorry. Yeah, you I, dunk I, that. I give you permission to tear it down. Yeah, we'll get another one. <laughs> it's gonna be like fun. Shaq at LSU. Just yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to Every, Everyday Athlete, and join us next week as we dive deep in the lives of those who make us great. Thanks, Dan. Thank you.